freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to episode number 358 of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com where you set the price on guns ammo and accessories i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd our theme today is is the new steel newsworthy. And our guest today is A.W.R. Hawkins. Dr. A.W.R. Hawkins is an award-winning journalist at Breitbart News who holds a PhD in military history from Texas Tech University. A.W.R. is a leading voice defending the Second Amendment and in discussions on guns and self-defense with an examination of the political and cultural assault on the right to keep and bear arms. And welcome back to the show. And I saw you do the little horn things, the little horn. No, 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 no. The guns up, guns up. Oh, guns up. <laughs> horns, was... horns are Texas. So I do this with those and then guns up for Texas Tech. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, All right. Got to get my uh, I may university. have just violated NCAA rules. I believe they won't let you do this at a game anymore because it's mean. So I apologize oh if that was gosh. mean. Gosh. Oh. Guns up, Texas Tech. That's Guns all. Guns up, Texas Tech. I love it. Okay. So I did um, title this particular episode, Is News Still Newsworthy? Because, you know, with your historical perspective that you bring to everything you do, when you speak, when you write, uh, you have to yourself appreciate that the very major historical events kind of get overlooked for the latest shiny object. But I feel like when I read your articles, I find a balance there, right? I, I see what's relevant, but I'm also not left scratching my head or, or uninformed about historical events. How do you divine the information and decide what to write on? Well, I mean, I just, I write, you know, you learn, I guess I've been writing at Breitbart now, I'm in my 12th year and you figure out what the readers enjoy. And our readers like uh, something that has a historical footing. Uh, you'll notice in a lot of pieces that I write, there'll be link after link after link to stories that I've written that were similar or were on a similar topic, perhaps five years ago, six, eight years ago. And I continue to embed them as often as I can so that people can see there is a narrative here. There is a history here. And our readers enjoy that. So uh, that's a big part of decision-making uh, or not decision-making, but that's what makes stories attractive when you see them and you're boom, you know, like you, uh, I know there's a story we'll talk about, about a concealed carry permit holder defending his life. And I don't want to run ahead on that, but I want to say, you know, you look at something like that and that goes back in 2015 when I was writing on uh, Gary Kleck's defense of 760,000 uh, defensive gun uses a year. 
And so you've got all these things. And then in between then and now, you've got the left saying, oh, no, self-defense gun use is a myth. It's not a myth. Uh, and uh, so it's all part of one big narrative. And uh, that's, that's it. And so those stories just fall right into place. Well, I think the question you should have asked him was, what is news? Mm. Because of what we're <laughs> seeing on TV nowadays from the major sources even some of the ones we kind of like mm -hmm. they're not news mm, it's just opinion they're, after their opinion opinions after opinion. on their side and exaggerated opinions right well and i can't i can't really speak for uh even though i write for breitbart i don't speak for breitbart but i can tell you this it is a it is a standing rule that we don't do opinion so and that is just <coughs> that is a standing breitbart rule so uh you one good way to get in trouble with the higher ups at Breitbart is to start writing your opinion. So we try to avoid that, whether the topic is firearms, border issues, taxation, immigration, whatever it is, just write the actual news, let the reader decide. And that's what we try to do. Just the facts, ma'am. Absolutely. Just the and that is the news that I grew up with and I miss it so desperately. Uh, just being able to to see what happened and decide for myself without being so spoon fed and force fed uh, what somebody else has already predetermined I should think and feel about a thing. So I applaud Breitbart for that and you. Or it's news that's not really news where they get you to remember. I remember one. There's 20 people could have been shot in this building, and by the time they got through with it, it was a backfire of a muffler. No one was shot. <laughs> And it's and it it happened on Fox News. Yes, Shepard. Yes, Shepard right. Smith. And well, it's like <clears throat> you bring up something, Dan. This is important. It's this. There are a lot of times we have a we have a back channel that we communicate on throughout the day. Myself and other Breitbart writers, our editor in chief, our CEO, our COO. We're constantly that screen's constantly scrolling. We're in communication and. Every now and then, perhaps I've missed this breaking story and someone will post up there, AWR, look what's happening in, boom. And you'll get on it and there's a report. Uh, shots fired at this school, uh, perhaps multiple wounded. You go, well, you get into it and you realize, wait, by the time you open it, even in that short amount of time, they've backed off. Well, reportedly shots were fired. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. wait five minutes. Don't, don't just pull the trigger yet. And in mm -hmm. five minutes, it's okay. Shots were fired at a store a block and a half from the school. Yes. Has nothing to do with the school. But so it's not just that news <clears throat> isn't being reported. It's that non-news is being reported. Right. And it's to further their agenda. And so I will say that the people who work in this field, who write like I do or who want to do that, you got to pay attention. And you have to check your facts because uh, the stuff the establishment media is putting out, is simply not trustworthy. Right. And they, right. I can so understand true. a reporter wants a story. He wants that story so he can keep his audience on tuned in. Mm -hmm. But it's ridiculous because it's it's not really a story. It's right. It's garbage. Well, and you can't unring a bell, right? And so now right. in people's consciousness, they're you know like shocked awake again. Oh my gosh, there's another school shooting. Well, no, it wasn't. It was, right. it turned out to be nothing. And this Shepard Smith thing was just like that. It might've been like a Navy shipyard or it was one of those kind of uh, things. And it just went on and on and on for, I think like two hours. And then finally they decided uh, it was nothing. really nothing. Like right. there was some loud noise somewhere and somebody called it in as maybe something bad. 
And it was the most, it should have been the most embarrassing moment for the whole network that they spent all this time. But then again, when you go to, you know, so many stories that do deserve our thoughts and our, our attention and our critical thinking skills, and they get nothing or very nothing. little, okay. then it makes you go, well, maybe, maybe they've got a certain uh, recipe that they're trying to, to fill in, uh, we, right. we call an agenda. And I'm hearing a lot of, can I call it, can I say crap? I'm <laughs> sure. hearing a lot of crap about guns aren't saving people's lives. Recently, more than ever, I'm hearing it. Guns don't save people. That's a, a myth. And we, we know that's not true, that they right. do save, people do save lives with handguns and, or with guns. Absolutely. So uh, well, what's the sudden upsurge of that? Do you have any idea? That is one of the well, topics I wanted to discuss. So let's go ahead and go into uh, some of the stories that are recent about that. Well, I think part of that is part of the effort. Uh, MSNBC has a political, or excuse me, an opinion piece out right now by their opinion writer, where they're arguing the danger of carrying handguns. And of course, that's all in preparation for the SCOTUS decision. Uh, and they're trying to argue that uh, if if SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States, if, if SCOTUS strikes down the New York gun control law, it's going to get more dangerous because now more people will be able to carry guns. Well, guess what? The, the only people that carry guns once the law allows it are law-abiding people who are waiting for the law to allow it. So the criminals are already carrying. So this will just <laughs> offset that criminal carry, which will be great. But I believe, Dan, in large part, that's one of the reasons you're seeing that argument right now. I also believe you're seeing it because of so many states making efforts to defeat gun control preemptively. Uh, I believe 17 or more states have pushed legislation to try to uh, block any gun control that Biden might pass, to block its enforcement. And uh, I think all those things, the left is reeling. I don't think they ever expected themselves to be here. I don't think they ever expected Donald Trump to get three Supreme Court appointees. I don't think any of this was anticipated. He was just a buffoon, uh, the orange man, whatever they called him, but he won. And uh, so I think they're in a place they didn't expect to be. Yeah, so that deal in Missouri, uh, they're nullifying the federal gun control laws and everybody's scared of that. But what does that mean? Is that, that mean that the government can't come into Missouri and enforce federal laws? No, I mean, the government can still roll in there, I guess, if they want to put on their stormtrooper outfits and get in their tanks, you know. Uh, but what it means is that local police literally are fined if they work with federal agents in enforcing gun control. So local monies cannot be used. State monies cannot be used for the enforcement of gun control. Uh, and there are particular ones named, uh, ones that they believe infringe on the rights of Missourians. So, you know, that's that's a fairly reasonable law, it seems to me. Arizona has a very similar law. Arizona and Missouri both have that law. CNN is just wringing their hands over it. MS, uh, CBS News, uh, I wrote on that this morning, CBS News losing it. They're, they're, they're interviewing prosecutors. Can this stand the scrutiny of trial? Can it, can it withstand a constitutional test? You know, please tell us it can't. Please tell us it can't. And the thing is, it's, I think it's hard for people who have been in control it's hard for them to realize that mm. the people are revolting. The people of Virginia proved that. The people, they don't really like this plan. And so they're getting out from under it however they can. And I think, Dan, what you see in Missouri, 
what you see in Arizona, what you see in the other states, although they're not up to the level of Missouri and Arizona, other states are fighting. I know Nebraska proclaimed itself, the whole state, the Second Amendment sanctuary. So, uh, you know, you've got other states fighting back and they just don't want any part of gun control. I think it's fantastic. And, you know, the the hand wringing that you're saying is going on over at uh, some of the big network news stations is, you know, they don't apparently understand states' rights. Right. right, that the states actually have their own rights and and individual power separate from the federal government. Right. And again, you as a historian, of course, you know this. I mean, you studied right. military history, but all of this culminates together. And um, I guess sixty minutes did. We're we're in the studio today on Monday, November eighth, twenty twenty one. This episode will post on on the seventeenth. So when I say last night, I'm referring to November seventh. Uh, 60 Minutes did a piece on this. And I am telling you, my phone was blowing up. People texting me, Cheryl, what do you think about this? What's going on in Missouri? And truly, because the law didn't just pass, I, it wasn't on my radar. So I was like, I, I don't know. I'm playing with my grandbabies. I don't know what's going on in Missouri. But I yeah. checked your page and I found out. <laughs> right. Well, we covered that. You know, we, we followed that. It was in the spring that it's HB 85. It's in the spring that it passed. And then it was signed, I believe, June 13th uh, by Governor Parson. He was pretty clear when he signed it. I mean, the fact that they're just now wringing their hands is weird. When he signed it, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said, you know, look, we're sending a message to D.C. that we will not have our rights violated. And uh, there wasn't like so it wasn't like he said, oh, I'm going to sign this. We'll see what happens. No, he was very clear on why the bill was passed and why the bill was signed. And it's I think we this time and by time, I mean, this season, this era we live in, we need men and women who are clear. And I, I appreciated that about the governor. He was he put D.C. on notice. Hey, here's what we're doing and here's why. And if people would speak that way a little more from the political office, it would benefit us far more than it hurt us. Boy, absolutely. I love that. And uh, I want to touch uh, in a little while on some more big stories uh, that you've written about. Uh, but one that is a nationwide story that should have, I think, way more attention on it and maybe it'll get the attention once um once we get to when when the decision is made but you mentioned it scotus right the supreme court decision is the new york state rifle and pistol association v bruin what however you want to think about it because a lot of different people call it by different names but it's basically you know do people have a right to keep and bear arms beyond their own hallway right beyond their own kitchen and right. new york is just like what no we can't allow this because you know there will be blood in the streets that's like one of their favorite lines um so the supreme court justices uh argued this out last week um it was interesting it's the first time i've listened in on a supreme court um you know a debate and it was much more fiery and contentious and you know, it was much more drama than I thought there was going to be. And boy, you could hear in the voices of the people that hate the Second Amendment. Oh, it was just dripping off of them, yeah. you know. Right. Um, but it's 
you know, uh, unless you're in this world where you talk about gun rights, I'm not sure that the average citizen even knows that this is going on. What, what's your take on that? Why wouldn't the, the media that's wringing its hands, why wouldn't they be already going, this is going to be bad folks, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the reason is they, they don't want a lot of attention to it because New York has a proper cause requirement for concealed carry permit issuance. In other words, you can't carry outside your home unless you convince police you have proper cause. And I need a gun so bad. I need it so bad. And that same kind of law exists in California. It exists in New Jersey. And I think they don't want to bring too much attention to this because they don't want to pile up challenges in those states. Mm. Although the right decision in New York could have a ripple effect. It'll be unbelievable. But even if that's not the case, it is going to encourage other suits to get rid of similar laws in other states. So I don't think they want to excite the people to get that done. So I think they're trying to leave it alone for that reason. At the same time, there is some coverage of it where they're trying to prep their own team and go, guys, we might lose this because they're saying, did you hear Kavanaugh? Did you hear Roberts? That wasn't good. Uh, And both Roberts and Kavanaugh made points like, well, do I have to get permission to exercise a First Amendment right? Right. Do I need you know, proper right cause to, yeah, yeah. to be I mean, able to I, say, you know, you know and the, so I, I, I think I think, again, this is what I was saying earlier. or I'm, I didn't say I was just mentioning passed by, but this is where Trump really scored, in my opinion. This is not and I'm not here to campaign for Trump. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying you got to look at it and call it like it is. And he got those three justices. We have Barrett, we have Gorsuch and we have Kavanaugh because of Trump. And very likely, because of that, we could get a 6-3 pro-gun decision here. Mm-hmm. And that could not have happened without these three justices. And so, uh, of course, I can't, I can't say for sure that's what's going to happen. It could be a 5-4 decision. Who knows? But uh, something crazy is going to have to happen, I believe, to swing it the other way. Mm-hmm. And so I believe the left's preparing themselves for this. Mm-hmm. Well, could they do like they did before? And just, I don't know if the Supreme Court did it, but New York had another a similar case where they were going to lose it so they dropped it they changed the law they changed yeah. the they changed the law and then everything went quiet could I think it's too late is it too late for that now <laughs> i think i think now we've had a little argument it's just too late for that that's just my opinion i don't know i'm not an attorney well, but i good, think though. i think uh i think uh i think they held on to this too long and it, I, I'm just glad one of these cases finally made it to the Supreme Court because I know there have been challenges to New Jersey's law and I think to California. So I'm glad uh, a, a proper cause or a justifiable need law has finally reached the Supreme Court and maybe we can start undoing some of this stuff. Right. Absolutely. I just wish people would wake up. I mean, ADBR, look at look at Arizona. You know, we used to have a concealed carry. <clears throat> now we have concealed carry or you can carry open carry or concealed carry without a permit. And yeah. everybody thought there was going to be blood on the streets for that too. And it actually made it better. There was mm-hmm. less crime. So what, then you look at Chicago. What, how many people died this week in Chicago? Right. Uh, and, and guns are tight there. You can't buy a gun. Um, why don't they wake up and realize that maybe we should try this for a while? Right. What if we, well, you know, 21 states have realized that's the good news. You know, every time a state does what Arizona did, the left is like, oh, I can't believe they want to get rid of permits. They want untrained people to carry a hidden gun. I think that's what Shannon Watts loves to say. And uh, the mom's the man lady. But it's, there's nothing new about it. Texas was the 21st state 
and they went that way this year. And uh, other states will do it next year. And uh, pretty soon there'll be half the states will be constitutional carry. And after that, that wave will be so strong, it'll be unstoppable and something else will start. We'll be able to peel back some other type of gun control. But it makes no sense that you have to get a permit to carry a gun because as the justices indicate, you don't have to get a permit to speak freely. I don't have to get a permit. I don't have to get a permit to own private property or to be secure in my person's house's papers and effects. So why do I have to get a permit to defend my life? That's what it means. Well, I have a prediction. I think that Virginia is going to be one of the next states that do that. Virginia is just the the voting turnout and the change of the guard is going to be really good for our guns, I think. Well, I I hope you're right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say I disagree because I don't. I just say I hope you're right. I love seeing what happened there because the the left thought they had that sewn up and (laughs) no, they didn't. Yeah, that was a, a beautiful election, um, and I I get to go speak in Virginia this year at the rally in January, and so I am making a point to meet uh, definitely their new lieutenant governor. She just looks like a firecracker. She is going to be so good for that state, I think. But we don't know until we until it happens because some of the people that you think are on your side are not necessarily on your side. But I think Winsome Sears, though, she is just next level. I mean. I I loved seeing her. I loved hearing her speech. And how long has it been since an office holder started the USA chant themselves instead of the instead of the audience starting it? She started it, and yeah. uh, I just I, that woman. I believe uh, I told my wife. I said, you know, if Rush Limbaugh were alive, mm. Winsome Sears would have been the only person he would have talked about the rest of that week. I believe he would have been consumed with her mm-hmm. and her love for this country and her service mm-hmm. to this country. And uh, I think the Virginia people are fortunate they have her. Boy, me too. It was funny. I was watching, um, it, it's not a show that I enjoy particularly, but uh, The Five on Fox News, and it's kind of like a, like a table discussion. And um, Geraldo Rivera, God bless his heart and I say that through gritted teeth but they were talking about how awesome Winsome Sears is and her victory with the election and then he just goes but why does she have to have a machine gun strapped to her in that picture (laughs) and I'm like that's what that's your takeaway of all the things that she brings to the table your takeaway is that one picture where she's got the long long gun and, and he thinks it's a machine gun I was just like oh Bless your heart. Sweet I, thought man. It was a, I thought it was an AR-15 AR machine gun, shotgun, pistol, <laughs> revolver. Yeah. Or a CNN likes things. to say it was a semi-automatic full, the fully semi-automatic. That's what yes. it was. It was uh, but he one has of those come. moments, man. He has changed a little bit. I think they're slowly getting him. because Now where it comes to guns. Really? No, he's, no. He uh, frustrates me every time he opens his mouth about guns. But anyway, um, so... When we're talking about these stories that, you know, how do you decide on a story? And I love that you, you're you not an opinion-based um, writer and that Breitbart's not opinion-based, but there are things that are historical, there are things that are cultural, and then there are some crossovers. And I think that this thing that happened on the movie set involving the actor Alec Baldwin um, is one of those. And that is just for our side of things where we're fighting for our rights. 
And he's someone who is so rabidly anti-Second Amendment, anti-individual rights to own firearms. And yet he makes gajillions of dollars using the tool that he professes to hate. Right. And, and then whatever happened hasn't been litigated yet. Who knows what happened and who's at fault and everything else. But for him to be involved with a death, a fatality involving one of those tools, it's a very interesting space to explore and think about what's, what's happening currently right now. Is he just kind of quiet like he should be? <laughs> yeah, it's just, you just wait and see now because they have to figure out what exactly happened. Will there be charges? Will there be charges? Who will be charged? So on and so forth. And uh, I mean, that's it. I don't know. I don't, uh, it's a terrible situation, no matter how it falls out. That's all. Absolutely. That's but all he, I know. He's calling for more gun control out of this, isn't it? Isn't yeah, well, that for movie sets, he is. He's calling for a ban. Well, he says he is, quote unquote, extremely interested in the push to ban firearms from movie sets. So that he did say that on Saturday. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. A lot of people are like, mm, you know, mm -hmm. they don't like to hear him after the fact saying that. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I said, we'll just have to see how it plays out. And I know there's there were some reports on how some of the guns were used prior to that incident happening and all of that. There's just too many ifs. There are too many what ifs. and. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I think he's doing the right thing by being quiet. I'll tell you that, uh, but I don't know how long that guy can stay quiet. Well, the thing is him saying that uh, there shouldn't be uh, guns in movies is kind of saying, I have no responsibility for this. <clears throat> they handed me the gun, which they should have never handed me the gun in the first place when he's made all this money with guns in the past. So I'm not sure that he should even have, he shouldn't have said that. Right. You know, I feel bad for the man. I, I do not like him. I won't watch a movie that he's in anymore because of his personality, but I feel bad for him. Yeah. You know, I really do. I mean, just, it's a terrible situation. It is right. Terrible. It is. And I think that's what this investigation is going to be so important because mm -hmm. they have got to, they're going to have to come out and tell us what happened. And uh, that's what they're trying to figure out. And uh, you know, it's a bad deal all the way. Yeah. It really is. Uh, but I do feel like the, the potential to blame the tool is ripe as it, as the other side always uses it, where you could come down to a human either maliciously or um, through neglect or inattention or something did something that led to this. And then we adjust human behavior. No, it's always got to be the gun. The about gun the tool. It. The gun did it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. So I do want to talk about some of your more recent stories and, um, you know, the stories that grab my attention, I wonder if they are the same ones that, you know, your, your readership in general gravitates towards. And one that really grabbed my eye this morning, because, you know, Chicago, we talk about Chicago all the time. Um, Chicago was mentioned during the Supreme Court hearing. Uh, one of the, uh, the, it was a lady, it's hard to, you know, you, you can recognize some of their voices and you know their name, but there was no video to go with it. And so 
I, uh, you know, it's not as, as, as salient in my mind, but one of the ladies voices said, um, you know, they talk about Chicago, like it's just this terrible crime ridden place. Right. And I'm sitting there, you know, playing the game along in my own mind. Like, so if I'm, if I'm the guy there defending the second amendment, what, what would I say? You know, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of this and stats and everything else. Like, and so I'm, I'm wrapped around the wheel thinking what I would say. And he was so brilliant because he let her get completely done. And he goes, well, that is true that people say that about Chicago, but you know where they don't say that about, they don't say that about Arizona, Texas. And he, he laid out where the, the laws are so constitutionally based. We have constitutional carry here in Arizona. So I thought that was brilliant that instead of, you know, arguing stat for stat or something like that, he just basically said, well, isn't it a conundrum that they would just pick Chicago out of the thin air, right? Um, And here in Arizona, they're not. But in Illinois, just recently, there was a an elderly gentleman, I think it's okay to call a 77 year old elderly, who saved his own life. You do you remember writing that story? Oh, yeah, that was on Saturday, actually. Yeah, he uh, he was in his garage working and a guy pulled up in a car and hopped out of the car and demanded his belongings. And uh, instead of that, he gave the guy shot him in the chest and in the head, the 77 year old did and killed the alleged robber. So uh, that's it. The 77 year old was a retired firefighter. He had a concealed carry permit. So he was, you know, he was legal with his gun. Uh, he had complied with all gun controls, let's put it that way, um, in that he had a concealed carry permit. So that's that. But that's that's how the Second Amendment is designed to work. I mean, he's in his garage. He's not harming anybody. He's not doing anything. Someone comes from outside, demands what he has. The guy who made the demands was also armed. Uh, so one of them was going to get hurt. That's how that was going to go down. And because the guy was prepared, he made sure the bad guy's the one who got hurt. And that's how it's supposed to work. Well, I laughed a little bit at that because he asked, he said, give me, give me all the stuff you have. And he's first thing he gave him was a bullet, right. you know? <laughs> okay. terrible, Dan. Well, I'm sorry. He asked for it. <laughs> that's he terrible. asked for all his belongings. He asked for all his belongings. Yeah. I see the answer. Bullets first. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. I'll give okay. you guys that. Um, and, and here's the thing is, you know, we're not gleeful for the loss of life. No. Absolutely yeah. not. But we're gle- gleeful somebody, for freedom. And the fact that this man was able to protect himself, that's what I'm happy for. The preservation yes. of life. Yes. And the other side, they never talk about that piece of it, right? right? We are so celebratory that this man was able to preserve his own life because of a specific tool. And he, you know, the, the training and the, the wherewithal, all of those things came into play. And, and as you said, it played out exactly the way that it should have, and that we should be happy about. You mentioned Gary Kleck um, earlier in our conversation, and he's one of these guys that I don't think he really wanted his results to show us how many times every year people uh, save lives because they are responsibly armed citizens. And yet right. here, here, he, and the CDC did a, a study similar to that and came up with numbers that they were probably like, ah, dang it. You know, we, we proved the other side's point. And then when an actual real life human being, you know, we have this story in front of us, I think that it is important to, to tell those stories. Do your readers 
does that get the clicks that, that I think it should so that people can celebrate? Oh, thank God that guy was able to, to save. Oh yeah. Life. People, people love to read self-defense stories. They just do. And they love to read the stuff we've done on Cleck and Cleck's work. Cause it's academic work. It's not guesswork. It's not opinion work. And when you do that, you know, if you look, the left always appeals to gun violence, you know, homicides. I think uh, homicide figures, what are they? They range between 11,000, 12,000 a year on average with a handgun. And then you throw in suicides, which are another 20,000, but they're suicides. They're not gun violence, but they lump them all together so that they can present 32 to 35,000 gun violence deaths a year. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's... 35,000, that's 35,000 lives, and that's terrible. But what Clegg will say is at a minimum, 760,000 defensive gun uses a year. I mean, that eclipses. So in the real world, the bottom line is in the real world, the good done with guns eclipses the bad, just absolutely eclipses it. And uh, that doesn't mean that people don't kill people with guns. It doesn't mean they don't kill people in cold blood with guns. But it also doesn't mean people don't kill people in cold blood with cars or bombs or knives or bats. And so sometimes the gun is what allows the elderly person or the physically frail person to fight off the individual with the bat or with the knife, someone they'd never be able to fight off otherwise. Maybe a 77-year-old retired firefighter in his garage. He's approached by somebody from the street. His only hope is that gun. And uh, that gun does its job. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at the 760,000 defensive gun uses, and that doesn't equate to a one-for-one life saved because the presence of a gun, a responsibly armed citizen, that can save untold numbers. Right per right. incident right, right. And, and how many do we don't know about and exactly. and that's the thing is like we probably know about all the shootings mm-hmm. but we don't know about how many people have saved somebody's life with having a, a firearm right. Absolutely. and a lot of those 760 are brandished and not even fired when the right. criminal just sees the gun he figures out this is not going to work and he flees that happens quite often so but also, Cheryl, to your point, you pull a gun and there were numerous instant instances I've covered where a concealed carrier stopped a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't mean that it was one one defensive gun use saved one life. In that situation, one defensive gun use may have saved 20 lives. So you're exactly right. But it's all underreported. And you say that uh, readers like to read these stories. And I believe you. But how about the CNNs or the MSNBCs? You know, why, why wouldn't they go for those clicks? So is the story they want to tell that guns are only bad? Is that so much more compelling than, than clicks, which equate to dollars? I believe for their readers, it is, I believe, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. My opinion only, I believe CNN just has an agenda or a template that fits an agenda and that's it. I mean, I believe that's true for all the establishment media. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, we can't say guns are bad and then show that people have saved life with guns. We can't do that because it messes with our our goal. So, one of the stories that you've posted recently is kind of you know that combination of things we're talking about. So, somebody shows up at a church. 
another could have been another tragedy in a church and uh it, it the the incident the bad guy was stopped uh by a good guy the good guy didn't happen to have a firearm in that instance but it's another situation where the actions of one person using the tools that they had for self-defense at the time uh saved I mean, you look at this church, it wasn't a huge church, but that would have been multiple lives that could have been right. lost. Right. Yeah. And the pastor just tackled him. Tackled him. It. I love it. From behind. It's From like, behind. here's my chance. And he That's did it. it. Yeah. So it is good. Yeah. But I would have preferred that pastor have a gun, but. Yes. You know, Absolutely. At least, he, at least he was able to do something. And maybe in the future, moving forward, maybe that's the direction he'll go because I mean, that was a risky maneuver, but he, he used what he had. He had his, his physical body, his physical form, but now let's assume it's a, he's 77, right? Maybe he's not going to be successful tackling a guy. So thank God that the 77 year old in Chicago did. And that church incident was, um, where was that? Tennessee, Tennessee, right. Nashville. Uh, absolutely. So, um, this has been really fascinating. Is there any other uh, news story that's like brewing right now or that you've posted recently that you feel like, you know, we just need to be sure that that, uh, that our audience here today is aware? No, that SCOTUS case is pretty much everything right now. That's what people should be paying attention to. And once that New York law falls, hopefully we can get a lot more Mm-hmm. Well, the whole thing about the, the SCOTUS case is that, I, and I can never keep these words in my mind, proper cause, because it's so against what our founders fought, bled, starved, and died to put quill to parchment to write in our constitution, our bill of rights, proper cause. And for me, proper cause is I am alive and I'd like to continue to be alive. So there's my proper cause, but some of the um, justices were saying that, you know, the way that the law is written right now in New York, uh, somebody could say I was mugged last week and, and the law says, well, okay, but who knows that you're going to be mugged again next week. So where's your proper cause? And that's so screwed up to me because the 77 year old in his garage you know, danger strikes on its schedule, not right. on ours. He didn't get a memo. And, and one of the justices that was, I think it might've been Alito, remind me, who said, you know, basically, you know, the guy doesn't tell you beforehand that, right. you know, next Thursday or whatever, I'm going to be around to mug you. So you can go and get your proper cause uh, paperwork prepared. Right. I don't remember who said that, but that's exactly Absolutely. We have to be prepared at all times because we are our own first responder. And thank you so much for the work that you're doing to help bring those stories forward, because without you and without Breitbart, where would we be able to go? Maybe our local newspapers, um, but these are more important than just, you know, page 28 in the bottom corner. So uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, tell folks how they can continue to follow all the good work that you're doing. Well, they can go to Breitbart.com or they can go to my Instagram, AWR underscore Hawkins. And uh, those are two, those are the best two places to catch it. 
That's fantastic. And uh, I know on your Instagram, every once in a while, we get to see you out there uh, trying out one of these tools of self-defense that we're talking about. So those are fun too. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate you and uh, early happy Thanksgiving to you. And to you all too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, one thing I got out of this tonight, mm-hmm. <clears throat> today, is when he said that, where are the, what other amendment do you have to ask for permission? Exactly. That the is so true. If we would just look at that. A very good point of that. Did, did the justice say that? Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, if you, if you want to speak, right, mm-hmm. First Amendment, you want to speak, do you have to go prove to somebody that what you want to say is more important then maybe the guy next to you. And so therefore you have proper right. cause to get to say it. No, no. I mean, we could actually see ourselves getting in that we place would get that way. in this bizarro world that we're living in where, you know, we're already are, have to get permits, being to, to get permits and stuff to, to, you shouldn't have to get a permit to go down. To the cap, right. You shouldn't you know, have to, like that. because that's restrict. If it, as long as they don't deny you, I guess it's okay. That's the thing is a permit can be, you know, just an organizational thing, right? Yeah. So if I'm, which I am part of organizing our uh, celebrate and protect the second amendment event that's on the Capitol grounds every February and AWR is very often one of our speakers, by the way, uh, in 2021, it'll be on February 19th. And so when we're doing that, let's suppose that we've we've lined up vendors and we've got the, the kids face painting. We've got the, you know, all the great things and all the speakers and whatever, we've got the stage set up and we show up and there's another huge right. group there. Right? <clears throat> right. And now we've got an organizational problem. So permits for that, I get, but permits for what I would want to say, what if I had to submit my speech and, and somebody line items it? Yeah. And says no. Can't say that. Yeah, we're not comfortable with that. You, well, know? you can come as long as you don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. That I can to see me that. is more equating to. But this they could use, you know, cause. again, that permit thing though could be used as it depends on who's in charge. Because mm-hmm. somebody's in charge could say, well, we're not going to issue a permit today, mm-hmm. and that's it because they know your guns. Mm-hmm. And so that's the scary part of that. But I understand about organization and everything. But somebody famous told me once that laws are okay until somebody else comes in mm-hmm. and, and now has the power to mm-hmm. interpret that law. Mm-hmm. So what's to say that we got a governor that said, I don't want guns, and you want to do a rally at the Capitol, and you have to ask for permission with the permit, and they say, no, we're not going to give it to you because we're busy that day or whatever, mm-hmm. and just deny you every time you... so that's scary too but i agree with you on that that you know you should be able you know i understand yeah so well anyway this was a great conversation and you know again this will publish on the 17th of november oh my gosh thanksgiving's coming up it is and then what happens after thanksgiving something about Hmm. hmm. (laughs) well there are people in our neighborhood that in one house still has like Halloween cobwebs and ghosts and things. And right next to it is somebody with their Christmas lights up. So we're in that weird, that weird season that, um, but I celebrate Thanksgiving as its own separate. It deserves it. I love the whole everything. And uh, we're thankful. We are thankful. And I think it makes the season last longer to 
you know, okay, Christmas is coming. I think that's the holiday you're talking about, the little holiday. Um, but give us time to enjoy Thanksgiving as well. See my little pumpkin in yeah. the background? It's got polka dots too. In this lighting, I, I look like I'm the same color uh, as the pumpkin. But um, but these topics, maybe they could be uh, things that you talk about around the Thanksgiving table, perhaps. Um, you know, you don't want to end up with a big family fight and that sort of thing. But when you have, you know, hey, I was listening to this show and they were interviewing this guy who has his doctorate in military history, A.W.R. A. Hawkins, and he was talking about this case in New York, right, where, uh, you know, the Supreme Court is hearing a case about our Second Amendment. You know, you could even go, well, what the heck is the Second Amendment? You could talk about that. How did it get there? Who wrote it? Why is it the second, right? Or you could talk about, well, why would somebody say that you have to, you know, that just being alive and wanting to stay alive isn't proper cause enough, you know? So there are, there are ways to have conversations with people where it doesn't have to, you know, end up in a big old family fight, but, um, you know, it's to the point where we can't talk about the weather because Greta Thunberg screwed it up for everybody. <laughs> global warming how dare you she's the how dare you girl um can't talk about what the kids are doing at school because education has gotten all you know divisive to even can't talk about work can't talk about work why because that's all we talk about in our house (laughs) i'm reminded (laughs) um but anyway so maybe if you do have any successful talk about pop music pop music pop 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 music talk about it um and that's yeah we probably should never do that again right yeah probably don't. So, only two people know what that means it's true it's true the guy that wrote the song and the guy that sung the song yes but if you have some successful conversations you know that maybe you took a little risk with um we would love to hear about it so conversation please, not argument exactly actual sharing of ideas hearing each other um and you don't even have to agree but just like oh that's an interesting point yeah. i I appreciate you telling me that. I love it when people talk to me about stuff that I don't agree with. I agree too. It's, it's a good way to see how agreeable I right. am. <laughs> I'm not talking about with you, Cheryl. Um, but anyway, so you can. She agrees with us... everything with me anyway. Oh, of course. Yes, honey. Absolutely. Everything you say is brilliant. Um, wink. Anyway, uh, so you can let us know through social media is where I was trying to get to. So you can um, private message us, DM us, whatever those things are called through our Gun Freedom Radio Instagram or our Gun Freedom Radio Facebook page. Um, and if you, in all of your grocery shopping and meal prepping and meal planning and all of that, if you want to listen to any of the episodes that we have posted, in, including this one, then uh, you can go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content while you're binging on turkey and pie and stuffing and all the ham. Some people just like ham. You know what if you can do at Thanksgiving that's really a lot of fun? Hmm. When you're all stuffed and full and you're sitting on the back patio, get your little iTablet or phone or whatever you use and look up pogauctions.com because on December 6th we have our annual military gun auction Mm -hmm. and we've got 
a lot of capture paper guns with the papers. We've got a lot of really rare uh, Colt single actions. There's over 400 items in that auction. And it would be a fun thing to do to kind of just relax. Yeah. And then also, uh, after you get relaxed, there's the SAR Crossroads of the West Gun Show here in Phoenix, one of the biggest shows in the country. And um, that is November 4th, 5th, 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So you might want to check that out too. But And enjoy your holidays. Absolutely. And if you like to watch these interviews with all of the amazing uh, subject matter experts that we we have on, then go to uh, YouTube. You can find us on GunStreamer. You can find us on the OpsLens smartphone app. And when you do find us there, please subscribe. That helps those platforms know that the work we're doing here is is valuable. Right. That that you guys want to hear what we're saying and our guests are saying, and you'd like more. And the way they really know you'd like more is if you would hit the notifications button. You can smash it. You can press it gently. You can put your pinky up and press the button, but we ask that you would do that. We very much appreciate that. All right. I think, I think we covered it, didn't we? Yes, we did. All right. Well then let the holiday festivities begin. We, um, we don't have very many shows this particular month because we do have a lot of travel happening, but I've got a few live uh, interviews that I did at an event I was at recently called the She Never Quit event in Texas. And those will be posting up sort of in between uh, when we don't have some, some fresh uh, episodes of this style uh, podcast coming up. So be sure to watch those as well. All right, gang, what are we going to do until next time? We're going to pray for this nation. Mm-hmm. Pray. And, and that's being thankful, right? Since mm-hmm. this is Thanksgiving month, we can pray and be thankful for this nation but we can also pray that you know if if there are things that we feel like you know could be done better we can pray for that as well we can pray for wisdom and discernment for our leaders mm-hmm. right our our leaders our representatives uh, yeah you like that word much better we don't have leaders so we're going to that's true there's people in leadership positions though mm-hmm. right so uh yeah we're going to pray for those people and uh there are a few on, on both sides of the major political quite a, parties quite a few. that uh, we might be a little frustrated with right mm-hmm. now, but um, what are we going to do? We're going to still pray for those. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe. We're going to pray for those. Yeah. Maybe especially, especially for those. those. Right? Yep. All right. Well, until next time, be good to each other. Have a great week. And God, God bless. bless. Bye-bye.